the Bible reading this morning is taken from 1 Peter. So we're starting at chapter 1, reading the first 12 verses. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to God's elect, strangers in the world, scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia and Bithynia, who have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, through the sanctifying work of the Spirit, for obedience to Jesus Christ and sprinkling by his blood. Grace and peace be yours in abundance. Praise be to the Father, God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil or fade, kept in heaven for you, who through faith and sh- who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may be proved genuine and may result in praise, glory and honour when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy, for you are receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Concerning this salvation, the prophets who spoke of the grace that was to come to you searched intently and with the greatest care, trying to find out the time and circumstances to which the Spirit of Christ in them was pointing when he predicted the sufferings of Christ and the glories that would follow. It was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves but you when they spoke of the things that things that have now been told you by those who have preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. Even angels long to look into these things. Good morning. This is for you, Daryl. As Daryl has already mentioned, my name is Josh and I'm the pastor at Hertford Street Baptist Church up in Mount Gratt. It's great to be here. It's almost like being at home. Uh, this morning I walked into the office area, kind of familiar with everything, and then I kind of thought, hey, I'm, not, I'm not here anymore, so I probably shouldn't be doing that. <laughs> uh, greetings also from Hertford Street Baptist. They would have just started their service on time, unlike you guys. <laughs> Uh, and, uh, yeah, they, we do bring our greetings to you. Uh, we do pray for you almost every week in our pre-service prayer and our monthly prayer time and during the service too. We really hold you guys up to God and uh, the work of the kingdom here in uh, Sunnybank. How about we pray as we come to God's word? <clears throat> Heavenly Father, as we come to your word this morning, we're reminded that your word is a light into our hearts, a lamp to our feet. That your word uh, tells us about who you are, what you've done for us in Christ Jesus, and how we're to live for you as your people. 
as already prayed, Lord God, I pray that you would uh, help us to uh, grapple with your word. May you be speaking to us. Open our eyes, our ears, our hearts, our minds to your word, to your spirit working in us this morning, so that we may live for you and lift our gaze to the Lord Jesus Christ. We pray these things in his name. Amen. As mentioned over the past week, uh, I've been at Mapleton for the Queensland Baptist Annual Conference, and I'm that kind of person uh, that when I'm traveling, I really, really miss being at home. Last week, I had to deal with an uncomfortable bed, uh, no fridge, no pantry for snacks, no kitchen to cook up what I've, whatever I want, no sofa, no TV to watch Netflix during the breaks, no shower with piping hot water and that good pressure that you want from your shower. And as I lied in bed at night, I could hear an insect buzzing up the wall all night, and I heard a cockroach tapping on the floor whenever I woke up. And actually, on the last day, I woke up at 4 a.m. and sprayed that little cockroach that morning. So through the week, I really missed home. I missed being with Angela. She wrote that in for me to say, I felt homesick, I felt like a foreigner, a traveller, counting down the days, the hours, the minutes, until I would get home. You might say that while I was away last week, I was like an exile, a passerby, a traveller, waiting to get home. And if you think about that in a much bigger way, this is the feeling of the Christian life. You see, for us, for followers of Jesus, our home isn't this world. It's heaven. It's the new creation. It's eternity with God. It's won by Jesus as he died for our sins and rose into new life. And because of this, we're simply passers by, transiting through this world, waiting for the glorious future of home, heaven, life with God forever. And that's what Peter means when he calls Christians the word exiles in verse 1, if you have your Bibles open. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ to God's elect exiles scattered throughout the provinces of Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. See, Peter's writing this letter to a whole bunch of Christians and are scattered in all of these places it's all around modern-day Turkey, but in those days it was called Asia Minor, uh, the forgotten backwaters of the Roman Empire. And these regions, these backwaters, they felt like they weren't even on the map. It's kind of like Tasmania or New Zealand. They felt like they were forgotten, nobodies, that no one cared about them. And the Christians in these places, they felt the same spiritually too. They were suffering. They were being persecuted. Living for Jesus was tough. They felt like they were forgotten nobodies. They began seeing their faith, their trust in Jesus as nothing special, nothing different, making no change. In fact, making life harder, actually. And they were thinking, is it really worth pushing on? Is it time to give up the faith? And in today's passage and in the rest of the letter, Peter, he reminds them. He says, hang on, guys. Hang on. Get your focus right. Verse 1, you might feel forgotten. 
But God, he remembers you. He sees you. In fact, he's chosen you. Elect exiles, God's own people passing temporarily through this world. Verse 2 says, who have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through the sanctifying work of the Spirit to be obedient to Jesus Christ and sprinkled with his blood. Grace and peace be yours in abundance. See, Peter calls these elect exiles right in the greetings here to lift their gaze to the God, the triune God at work, the election of the Father before creation, the sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit, making each of us holy day by day as they live obediently for Jesus, the one who spilled his blood for us. Peter, he says, you elect exiles, you followers of Jesus, you weary saints, Look to God. Lift your gaze to God. Hold on to the great truths of God to keep living faithfully for Jesus as you pass through this world before you get home to heaven. And this morning as we keep going, we're going to see four reminders for exiles looking forward to glory. Four reminders, four truths that God wants you to be refreshed by today. And the first reminder we find it as we keep going in verse 3. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Peter, he begins by reminding these elect exiles where their future where their true home is. He says, bless God, praise God. Why? He's caused us to be born again. We have life. We have a living hope. And it's through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. He's saying, remember, remember your glorious future. It's not this world and that's it. It's not death and judgment but it's life, resurrection life, eternal life, life with God in heaven, in the new creation forever. You see, we're exiles, followers of Jesus, believers, Christians. We're exiles, and our true home is waiting for us in heaven. He's saying, remember, remember your glorious future. Peter, he goes on and he highlights two ways God has worked regarding this glorious future. The first way is in verse 3. It's caused by God and his mercy. We did nothing to earn this glorious future. We trusted in Jesus and that's it. God, he did all the heavy lifting. He initiated the work. He sent his son. He caused our salvation. It's not our works our goodness, our deserving. It's a gift of grace, God's mercy that God offers to us, and he will not take that away as long as we trust in Jesus. The second way that God works, Peter highlights in verse 4. He says, And into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil or fade. 
This inheritance is kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. You see, God, he doesn't just give us this living hope of a glorious future. He assures it. He makes sure that this glorious future is in the bag. Peter talks about this future hope like an inheritance. It's promised now. It's fully realized later. And this particular inheritance here, there's no ifs, there's no buts, there's no maybes. It's assured, not perishing, not spoiling, not fading away. It's kept in the most secure place, heaven, and it's guarded by the greatest power, God's power. See, God fully assures those who trust in Jesus that this living hope, this glorious future, this final salvation, it's a done deal. You see, right off the bat, Peter's telling us, lift up your gaze. Remember your glorious future. This future of new life in Jesus is caused by God and assured by God. This is exactly what these first century Christians needed to hear as they felt like nobodies, forgotten, as they began to wonder if living for Jesus was really worth it, if there was any real payout, as they began to lose focus on how good it is to be in Jesus. And maybe this is what you need to hear today as you live for Jesus in 2021, as you slog away, wondering if it's all worth it, even beginning to lose focus, to forget how good it is to be in Jesus. God's saying, lift up your gaze. Remember your glorious future. Remember that because of Jesus, this world isn't all there is. That we look forward, we do look ahead to eternal life. Salvation instead of judgment on the last day and life forever in the presence of God. I know that I need this reminder. It's so easy to get caught up in the here and now. It's so easy to forget how good God's promise of new life forever is. It's so easy to lose focus of all the distractions today. And it's a pretty bleak, bleak outlook, isn't it? If this world is all there is, if it's just death, judgment, and that's it, it's a pretty pointless life to live. But God, he wants us to focus, to fix our eyes on this glorious future, that in Jesus and only in Jesus, we look forward to new life forever, a hope that's certain, assured, it's a gift of God's grace. See, followers of Jesus, exiles passing through this world. God says, remember your glorious future, one in Jesus. And as we keep going to our second reminder today, as some of you know the story or a bit of it of my past, uh, between 2006 and 2016, I actually studied nine of those 11 years full-time, first completing my architecture degree, uh, that was five or six years, and then completing my theological degree, nine years of being a full-time student, nine years 
of grinding, painful study. And it was a hard road, assignment after assignment for nine years, late nights studying, coffee, being dependent on Centrelink, and being 25 years old and without ever having a stable full-time job. But what kept me going was putting all of that in perspective, knowing the end goal and using that to persevere through. And as Peter reminds us of this glorious future as we have as people of Jesus, his second reminder here, he's saying, put your present sufferings in perspective of this glorious future you have. You see, these Christians in all of these places in Asia Minor, the backwaters of the Roman Empire, they were being persecuted, harassed by their pagan neighbours in day-to-day life and by the empire itself. And it's not suffering like, ha-ha, you're a Christian or you guys are weird. It's suffering like physical abuse, assault, real marginalisation in society, Some places wouldn't serve you. Other places wouldn't hire you or buy from your trade. And you'll see this as you keep going through this letter. And Peter, he addresses this as an introduction in verse 6. He says, In all this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. Peter, he acknowledges their suffering. He doesn't ignore it or sweep it under the carpet, but he addresses it head on. And he says two things about this, and this is the first. He says, rejoice in your living hope. Find joy in your assured, glorious future. And while doing this, put your temporary sufferings, the trials that are grieving you, put them in perspective that little while compared to the future of eternity waiting for you on the other side. Put it in perspective. Your present sufferings aren't the end in light of your glorious future. Second thing Peter says here is in verse 7. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith, of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honour when Jesus Christ is revealed. He said to them already that sufferings aren't the end. And here he says, see these sufferings, these trials, these grievances, as refining your faith. See them as growing, building, purifying, maturing your faith as you trust in Jesus, just like how gold is purified refined by fire. Let the sufferings refine your trust in Jesus. Let them show that trust in Jesus to be real, genuine, authentic, undivided. And this attitude to suffering, it results in praise, glory, and honor. Not to how thick-skinned you are, not to how bold you are, but results in praise, to Jesus when he returns in glory to judge the living and the dead. So today's second reminder from Peter to us, put your present sufferings in perspective. They're not the end in light of our glorious future of eternal life. And because of this, 
See them as refining, growing your trust in Jesus. And I think we need to hear this reminder from God today. Because I think if you're a follower of Jesus today, you fall in one of these two camps. First, you're living bold for Jesus and you're suffering because of it. You're copying flack. And you might ask, is all this worth it? Or you might be in the second group. You're a follower of Jesus, but you see the suffering. You think of how people might treat you if you come out as a Christian. And then you take that step back. You decide not to live it out. You stop living for Jesus. You're scared of the suffering. But God, he reminds us here again, lift your gaze up. God's assured you of your glorious future in Jesus. So you can put all of this stuff, this present suffering, in perspective of this. When you get called a name by your family, your friend, or a workmate, it's just a blip in light of the glories of eternity. When you get put into that weird group, it's tiny, and it's worth it when you think about life forever in Jesus. Even if you get harassed, ostracized, unfairly treated, it's real. It hurts. Of course, it's not how you want to be treated, but it's still worth rejoicing amidst. It's a footnote in comparison to eternal life in God's presence. And with this in place, you can use these sufferings to refine your trust in Jesus, to grow your trust your reliance, your appreciation, your gratefulness of having Jesus in your life, that Jesus is really worth living for, that he really means all to you because, what, because of what he's done for you at the cross of Calvary, dying for your sins and leading you to this new life forever. Maybe today finds you stuck in the here and now, doing it tough for Jesus, or shying away from doing it tough for Jesus, seeing the suffering and saying, hey God, that's hard, that's daunting. Is it really worth it? Well, God reminds you here, lift your gaze up. Remember your glorious future of life forever in Jesus and put your present sufferings in perspective of all this. Well, as we keep going, uh, we've seen Peter challenge the readers to lift their gaze to their glorious future. But where do they gaze, or where do we gaze in the here and now? What do they fix their eyes on in the present time? Who or what do they focus on? What do we focus on today in 2021? <clears throat> well, in a passing point, Peter, he affirms their current focus and he teaches this to us today. In verse 8, Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you're receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. You see, these guys, Peter's readers, they were second-generation Christians. They were Gentile Christians, they were Greeks in Asia Minor, 
They never saw Jesus face to face. But when they first responded to the good news of life in Jesus, they did this. They focused on Jesus. They loved Jesus. They believed in Jesus. They rejoiced in Jesus. But as time went on, as the years went by, they began to wonder if it was all worth it. And Peter's saying here, now that you have that glorious future rock solid in place, now that your present sufferings are in perspective of all this, he says, keep doing what you've been doing. Focusing on Jesus, loving him, believing and trusting him, rejoicing in him, knowing that salvation is in none other than Jesus alone. Keep focusing on Jesus. And the focus of these early church, early Christians, is to be our focus in the here and now, too, today. You see, the good news of the gospel of Jesus hasn't changed between then and now. It was all about Jesus then, and it's still all about Jesus now. And God's reminding us that in the here and now, do what these followers of Jesus were doing. Love Jesus. Keep believing in or trusting in Jesus. Rejoice in Jesus. Focus on him. This is how to live in light of our glorious future of life forever with God. And as you hear that, it sounds so simple, doesn't it? But I think we all struggle with this too. Churches find it hard to keep focusing on Jesus. We often as churches get caught up with stuff like politics, governance, with being successful, with the next best program or strategy. And many churches don't focus enough on Jesus. Pastors and leaders find it hard to keep focusing on Jesus. I hang around pastors and church leaders a lot, and almost all pastors are people with a genuine heart for God. But I still find it astounding that people can teach, preach, open up the Bible, and never get to the good news of life found in Jesus. I mean, what's better news to proclaim than the forgiveness of sins and new life in him? And I think us, me, you, followers of Jesus, we find it hard to keep focusing on Jesus too. Life gets busy, doesn't it? Suffocates your faith. We easily get sidetracked by the bright lights, whether it be the world, some interesting teaching that's not about the gospel or sin seeping into our lives. We get spiritually dry over time. We forget to open our Bible. We stop praying to God. We're not grateful for all Jesus has done for us. And we find ourselves drifting away from Jesus. Well, God reminds us in the here and now to focus on our risen Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. Well, how do we do this? There's two things that I want to suggest that sound so simple too, but we, we don't often do it, do we? First, pray to God. Ask God to work in your life to remind you of all Jesus has done for you, eternal life from death, 
salvation instead of judgment, white, clean clothes instead of dirty, sinful rags, a right relationship with God, the God of all creation, sins forgiven in Jesus. Ask God to give you a fresh focus on our Lord and Saviour. And the second simple thing that we often forget, open your Bible, open God's Word. Remind yourself of God's work in saving us from sin, centering on the person of Jesus, his perfect life, his sacrificial death, his victorious resurrection, and all of that and what it means for us. Open God's word afresh. Singer Matt Redmond puts this focus on Jesus in words. He says, I'm coming to the heart of worship, and it's all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for the things I've made it. We make it other things all the time. It's all about you, Jesus. How do we live today in light of our glorious future? Well, our third reminder today, look to Jesus. Focus on the Lord Jesus Christ. Now we come to our final, our fourth reminder. Uh, COVID slowed down. Uh, some movies coming out in our cinemas. But if you can just turn the clock back, maybe 18 months or so, and remember when a new movie comes up, maybe it's Star Wars, Marvel, or something else, you've seen it, but others haven't yet. And you feel the sense of privilege and power because you know how the story is going to end. I was going to spoil some movies, but I won't. Uh, but they don't know how these movies are going to end. Well, our final reminder this morning from Peter, as we lift our gaze to this glorious future that God has assured us, it's kind of like that privilege of knowing how that new movie ends. Peter, he wants to remind his readers and us, he's saying, remember the privilege of knowing the full gospel and this glorious future, of knowing how all this comes into place. Have a look at verse 10. Concerning the salvation, the prophets who spoke of the grace that was to come to you searched intently and with the greatest care, trying to find out the time and circumstances to which the Spirit of Christ in them was pointing when he predicted the sufferings of the Messiah and the glories that would follow. We're in such a privileged position. You see, the prophets of old, they looked forward to God's Messiah, God's King, who he would be and when he would come. They knew about God's salvation plan. They knew the good news was coming, that salvation was coming, that a solution of sin, for sin was coming, that God's King, God's chosen one was on its way. But they didn't know the full details, these prophets of old. They never saw it fulfilled in their lifetimes. They pointed forward and gazed at a distance. But have a look at verse 12. It was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves but you when they spoke of the things that have now been told you by those who have preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven, even angels long to look into these things. 
was so privileged because the good news, the gospel, God's message in full has been announced to us. See, for us, Peter's readers and us today, Christ has come. He's lived the perfect life under God. He's died as a substitute for our sin. He rose from the grave victorious over death, paving the way in all this for us, for you, for me, to have a right relationship with God. We know this. God's promised one has come once for all. God's Spirit works in our hearts to convict us of this. We've just celebrated all of this stuff in Easter a couple of weeks ago. The first readers of Peter's letters, Peter's letter to us almost 2,000 years later, God wants us to remember the privilege of having the good news of salvation in full proclaimed to you and me. The privilege of knowing that Christ has risen. And as we trust in this risen Lord, we do look forward to, to resurrection life also. It's so easy for Christians today to feel downtrodden, to be seen as pitied people, to feel marginalized and ostracized by society, to feel not special at all. But Peter, he flips the narrative around, upside down. Followers of Jesus are privileged, special people. You know, you grasp, you hold on to the greatest news of all, the good news of salvation, that in Jesus, you and me, we have life forever in him. A good news revealed to us in Jesus that the Old Testament prophets, they looked forward to from a distance, that the angels gaze toward it from heaven above at a distance, a good news that non-believers don't yet grasp. But the follower of Jesus, you, me, those who trust in him, we see this picture, this news, this salvation from God in all its fullness. We have the complete picture. We know the whole gospel. We actually experience God's good news in full. We know that while we were still sinners, God sent his son, Jesus. He died on the cross in our place for our sins. He rose from the grave victorious over death. And those who trust in Jesus and his saving work, your sins are forgiven in Jesus and you look forward to new life forever in him. If you're a follower of Jesus today, God through Peter reminds us, remember the privilege. Remember you are special people. We know the whole gospel. We've seen it. We've accepted it. We experience it. And we know and we are assured of that glorious future that God has in store for us. So time is passing. So as we finish off this morning, at the start of 1 Peter, we've seen God reminding weary followers of Jesus, you guys are exiles, but you're looking forward to glory. So let me ask you this morning as we close, how are you going as followers of Jesus today, as exiles who are looking forward to glory? 
Maybe you feel lost, homesick. Maybe you're doing it tough. Maybe you're suffering and you're ready to give in. Or maybe you've strayed away from this living hope won by Jesus. Or maybe you're just finding it hard to keep going. Well, God reminds us to today's passage. He says, lift your gaze up. Remember your glorious future, life with God forever, eternal life, and it's assured and secure. And he says, while you lift your gaze up, live in light of this glorious future. Put your present sufferings in perspective. Place your focus on our risen Lord and Saviour. And remember the privilege of being a recipient of the good news of salvation. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for the blessings that we have in Christ. That we do have a living hope, an assured and certain expectation of a future of life with you. Father God, as we live as travellers, as sojourners in this world, we ask that you'd fix our eyes on the glories of our eternal future. Give us joy knowing that we've been born again in Jesus and we look forward to life forever in him. Lord God, when we feel lost or weary, strengthen us and remind us by your spirit through your word of how great the good news of salvation and new life in Jesus is. A salvation that's purchased by the very blood of your Son, Jesus. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this living hope, and we pray that you would help us to keep living for you today. We pray all these things in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.